Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Believe in SDSU Basketball here on the Believe Podcast Network. It's a place with a show for every team in San Diego and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? This episode will break down the top players in school history on the men's side and we'll probably end with the top two that come to everybody's mind. So without further ado, here we go. As always, if you have any questions or topics you want to hear about, feel free to drop a line on the ratings box over on iTunes. We're going to go ahead and get started with the top players in Aztec basketball history on the men's side and some players that we might have mentioned in the past, like in last week's episode about Malcolm Thomas, DJ Gay, Billy White. We're going to actually leave off on this episode just because I've briefly touched on their sort of Aztec career and sort of how they are now or sort of where they are now, including um, Aztec greats from back in the 70s like Joel Kramer, Steve Malovich, and Rock Lee, which I still think is an incredible name. But nevertheless, we're going to go ahead and get started. We're going to start with the honorable mentions, and those are the current or more current Aztec greats such as J.J. O'Brien, Jalen McDaniels, Jamal Franklin, and an, another honorable mention for Zylan Cheatham. Now, Zylan spent two, I think two or three years as an Aztec and ended his college career at Arizona State. But as the saying goes, once an Aztec, always an Aztec. He is an athletic freak. A lot of highlight plays near the rim, whether it's blocks or dunks or rebounds or putbacks. But that guy was just an athletic monster, um, similar to how Jalen was. And the current run of Aztecs leading to this season was full of just very athletic wings who can take it to the rim, who can defend multiple positions. And that sort of was the trend in the last, hmm, let's say, I want to think five years or so. And prior to that, you know, J.J. O'Brien, he's just a Mr. Do-It-All. Games I've seen him play, he's can score the rock, he can um, get the boards, you know, facilitate the offense, guard the team's other team's best player. For him, he was not as maybe vertically athletic as Zylan or Jalen, but he had a very wide frame, and he was just very, um, he's just he was just buff as hell, and he would be able to get the boards, you know, play the game below the rim, but still be able to dunk it home whenever he had it to, whenever he had to. Um, and Jamal Franklin, you know, I know I might have mentioned and aired my griefs about him and what he did with. Uh, Kemba in the 2011 NCAA tournament, you know, I definitely thought Kemba flopped, first of all, but, you know, it genuinely wasn't necessary. He could have, there's so much space on the court. Why did you have to just walk through Kemba? I mean, okay, after every timeout, every player on opposing teams, and it doesn't matter if you're a professional, even in your city rec league, timeout, bent. Uh, the benches are on the opposite ends of where you are. You walk and you just avoid people because that's just how people walk. And that's 
how I knew he purposely meant to do that. And maybe he was thinking about sending a sign, a message to the team. We're not intimidated, but that sort of, to me, more showed that, I guess, Connecticut got into his head. And outside of that, however, he's similar to JJ, maybe a smaller Mr. Do-It-All, but he can get buckets in bunches. And I was really excited for his potential, especially when he got drafted by Memphis in the second round, being part of the whole, you know, um, what is it called? It was with Grindhouse? No. Something about grinding. Grind grind time. Grindhouse. I don't know. There's Grindfather. Something about, oh, grit and grind. There we go. Everything else sounded horribly wrong, but nevertheless. Um, you know, I was really excited about Jamal and his potential. He's athletic. He was a, a smaller wing. I think it was like 6'3", 6'4". And, and we're seeing it now, especially when he's playing overseas, just his ability to fill the stat sheet in, in a litany of ways. And um, hopefully he can find, work his way back into the league because I think he has a lot of potential. But he was one hell of an Aztec for sure. And, you know, obviously, I think everyone knows that Kawhi is the was the, is and currently is the best uh, Aztec uh, out of anybody in school history. So I just want to, you know, we, we already know the resume. So we'll just talk about him real quick. 2011 draft pick first round 15th pick by Indiana traded to San Antonio by George Hill. You know, obviously, everyone talks about especially now the potential of Kawhi and Paul George playing together at the time and that sort of somehow sparked the idea of them playing together now in the Clippers which I believe is just total horseshit but nevertheless do I think that Kawhi would have been what he is now in Indiana if he played with Paul George that's tough to say I mean being out coming out of San Diego State he was sort of seen as a bit of a tweener between a wing and a post player. Everyone knew that his number one skill coming out of college was his ability to rebound. Obviously he's, you know, he was he's a single season record holder in rebounds in Aztec history with 380 rebounds. That's that's ridiculous. Um, you know, a lot of I guess mock draft pros or these insiders were sort of comparing his game to that of a, a Gerald Wallace or a Kenneth Fareed, a high energy, a high athleticism, and a guy who just goes after the ball. But, you know, there was a, still a lot of questions. I think his draft profile on ESPN met, listed his negatives or his cons as disappearing from games, not being able to show enough of a jumper to be consistent enough to translate to the pros. And while he definitely had proved everybody wrong and still continued to do so, at the time, I was similar in, in a similar line of thinking, I got to admit. I mean, this guy was a monster on the boards. He can guard the best of anybody. You know, his hands are have been and always seem like will be a topic of discussion. But I didn't, I didn't see his ability to shoot. Maybe from the free throw line, from the elbow and the short baseline. But from three, it was kind of hard. And, and by the way... You know, it was understandable. He has ginormous hands. Like if you can imagine, or I'm looking for basketball here. If you can imagine a basketball and just put your palm on the basketball from your, the bottom of your palm to the very tip top of your middle finger. Just imagine that 
spanning over two panels of the basketball. And then from your pinky to your thumb, literally being able to grab almost side to side of the basketball. That's how ginormous one hand is. So imagine you're playing a game, playing basketball with like a volleyball and trying to shoot 30 feet away at a rim that can only fit two volleyballs. Like it's ridiculously hard for somebody to really have that type of a touch when your touch is the entire thing, if that makes sense. So I'm definitely glad I was proved wrong. I was definitely excited when he got traded to San Antonio because of Popovich's um, record or acclaim as sort of being the player's coach and his ability to turn anybody around. Shout out to Chip England for helping to uh, clean up uh clean up Kawhi's jumper significantly enough where now he's deadly from anywhere and everywhere. But at the time, you know, guys like Chad Ford on ESPN was ranking him as high as seventh, projecting him to go as low as nine to Charlotte, which were the Bobcats at the time. But I think the part of the reason why he might have fell to the 15th pick and how everything all turned out was he tested poorly in Chicago. He didn't want to go through any of the drills beforehand, but decided to participate in the combine portion of it, meaning the vertical, the the bench press and things like that. And now we all know it's not the end all be all when of these, these physical, uh, what am I trying to say? Whether you perform well or poorly in the combine, it doesn't, it's not a direct translation of basketball on the court. If you can bench press 185 pounds 12 times, it doesn't directly translate into six rebounds a game. If you, you know, can jump 40 inches, it doesn't mean you're going to be an automatic slam dunk champion or lead the league in rebounds. And so when he showed up in Chicago, bench pressed 185, I think like four or five times and had a 32 inch vertical, I think that might have scared people off and he fell to 15. Now, obviously, you know, from what I'm reading here, because of the fact that he wasn't participating in drills beforehand and just sort of placed to do these other drills, it's very possible, you know, that the difference was that he just wasn't provided enough time to warm up. You know, Chad Ford did mention in his insider or rankings or whatever you want to call it, that the gym in Chicago at that time is definitely to the level one would describe as freezing. So, um, all in all, at the end of the day, I'm glad Kawhi, two-time NBA champion, two-time finals MVP, multi-time all-star, all-star game MVP. Um, I mean, he's uh, come up with a couple of the most iconic phrases. He's uh, been mocked for being a, a Terminator, a robot of sorts. He's had the greatest uh, game-winning game seven shot that I can remember. He brought a title to another country. I mean, he's done so much that by far he's definitely been the most successful Aztec as an Aztec and an post-SDSU career. Um, but the other guy I wanted to talk about just to bring back a little history is probably the first great Aztec. The first guy who sort of created this buzz and this hype and... Um, while he may not have introduced an effect of, introdu- of getting more recruits 
down the pipeline in the subsequent years, similar to sort of how Kawhi's impact has been. I want to say that he's definitely made himself a hell of a career and continues to put his imprint in the game of basketball. And that is a the man by the name of Michael Cage. He's second in school history in total points at 1,846. And speaking of rebounds, he is first in total rebounds with 1,317. He was drafted in the first round, pick number 14 by the Clippers in the famed 1984 draft, which was the Hakeem Olajuwon, Sam Bowie, and Michael Jordan draft. And just to kind of give a frame of reference, he was pick 14th. So pick 13 was Jay Humphreys out of Colorado. And pick 15 was Terrence Stansbury out of Temple, which if you follow the NBA and big fan of the dunk contest, you know, Stansbury has had a couple of those highlight dunks you might see in dunk contest montages, if that makes sense. And pick 16 was John Stockton. So it's uh, it's pretty crazy looking back and just seeing all these names that I recognize and just all these guys that sort of were there to st- that began my interest in basketball that kind of sparked that that joy. But uh, Michael played 15 seasons in the NBA, I think across four or five different teams, experiencing a career high in points per game with 15 back in 86-87 season for the Clippers. Career earnings. About $17 million, which is a lot given that he played majority through the 80s and 90s and retired in 2000. Don't know how that translates um, if you adjust for inflation, but I imagine it's probably like $50, $60 million guy. And he was just a six foot nine rebounding machine. I mean, obviously, you can tell in school history, but, you know, I've always been the believer that. You know, not necessarily everything translates from college to the pros. If you average a double-double, a la Michael Beasley, and you're touted as this great college player, a la Adam Morrison, Jimmer Fredette, uh, Christian Leitner, um, I mean, keep going from down that path. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a great NBA player, but a couple of attributes that really translate across any level of basketball is defending and rebounding. And this guy made a living out of it. And he's the highlight I think I want to say probably for him in terms of rebounding came in 1988. There was a a bit, a, a tiny montage on YouTube that I found where he was battling Charles Oakley for uh, a chance to lead the league in rebounds per game. Now, if you're talking about total rebounds, Oakley had him beat by a couple hundred, but now we're talking about averages, which has a similar effect. And so heading into the the final game of the season, um, the story goes as somebody placed a piece of paper, taped it to Michael's locker with the number 28 on it, and he knew he had to get 28 rebounds at least to keep up the average and give himself a chance to win the rebounding average crown, if that makes sense. And he ended up grabbing 30. I mean, he described, you know, rebounds 26 through 30 as sort of a out of an out-of-body experience where he was describing, in, you know, muscle cramps and fatigue. And for somebody, for a professional athlete to get to that level, that's sort of like somebody, if I ran 
10 miles and I didn't stop. You know, by the end, I think I would just crawl into a ball and just not want to move for about a week. Um, But he grabbed 30 rebounds. He finished the season averaging an even 13.0 rebounds per game. And he was able to tie Charles Oakley for a share of that title. And looking at his highlight footage, whether it's San Diego State or in the NBA, you know, obviously the game was played a lot differently back in the day. It was a lot of um, runs to the rim. It wasn't, you know, spreading the floor. It was just trying to attack the basket as much as you can. And a lot of his highlights are very nostalgic of that. It's filling the lane, getting the board, and just dunking at home, whether it's Gary Payton passing him the ball during his times in Seattle, whether it's him, you know, collecting misses by some random clipper that we all know that that's what clippers do. Um, his resume just highlights just getting the board and putting it back into the hoop. And hell of a career. I mean, great four-year career as an Aztec, 15 years. He's still currently the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, TV announcer, so you see him a lot. I mean, notably, he's he did a, a discussion talking about Boban and Marcin Gortat. I think that probably sounds like that was a Clipper game. And he, he threw for a Ferradian slip instead of Marcin Gortat. He said Garcin Mortat and Boban Marjanovic. He said Boban Marvanovic. Um, that's a highlight that he has. And I mean, he's got a, some really good ones, but I was looking for the funny ones. But yep. I mean, Michael Cage, shout out to Michael Cage, shout out to Kawhi Leonard, and who knows who the great Aztec great is going to be. I mean, hopefully that means that we're going to get a a guard version of this in Malachi, but at the same time, you never know. I mean, I'm really excited about the freshman class, and we'll see how they, um, how they, what am I trying to say? I'm excited about the freshman class, and... I'm excited. I'm, I can't talk right now. I think it's time to go. <laughs> if you enjoy this episode, please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. We are available wherever podcasts can be found. You can find us on believe.com and at believe sports. I'm your host, Kongsan. I am at N-A-S-G-N-A-K on Instagram. And if you're interested in advertising on the show, please feel free to reach us at believe.com 27 episodes down a lot more to go thanks for tuning in and until next time go Aztecs thank you for listening to Believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a 5 star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.